You Can Handle Anything, episode number 326. Welcome to the You Can Handle Anything podcast. I'm your host, Shira Gura, and I know firsthand what it feels like to get hijacked by your emotions, keeping you from fully enjoying the moments and people in your life. In this podcast, we'll explore the everyday emotional situations we all face, And I'll share the tools and strategies I developed that will help you deal with these challenges in any moment with confidence, resilience, and integrity. Tune in and discover how living your life deliberately instead of reactively will allow you to reclaim control over your emotions and live your life with purpose so you can truly handle anything life throws your way. Let's get started. Hello, my dear listeners, and thank you so much for joining me today. So if you listen to last week's episode, you'll know that last week I was in Poland spending time with my youngest child who was participating in the European Little League Baseball Tournament representing Team Israel. Last week I shared one adventure from that time in Poland, and I actually have many more stories from my experience there that I'm going to be sharing with you in the coming weeks. And so today what I want to talk about is the fact that Other people can handle hard things just like you can. In other words, the emphasis on this podcast is really about you handling hard things, but the truth of the matter is other people really can handle hard things too, even if we think they can't. So the story I want to share with you today has to do with my son being in a difficult situation and him wanting me to help him out and me giving him that opportunity to handle it, rather than me saving him. There's actually a term that you may have heard of before. It's called helicopter parenting. It's a term used to describe a kind of parenting style where parents are excessively involved in their children's lives, often to the point of being overprotective and controlling. The term helicopter is used because these parents are likened to helicopters that constantly hover over their children, always ready to intervene or rescue them from any perceived danger or difficulty. And that could look like over-involvement, like micromanaging their children's activities and social interactions, or overprotection, like being overly concerned about their children's well-being, which leads them to restrict their child's freedom and independence, And also with like making decisions on behalf of their children, even in situations where the child is capable of making their own choices. And actually, there's one more that I want to share with you when it comes to being a helicopter parent, and that is the lack of autonomy. And by that, I mean not letting the child make mistakes and learn from them, preferring to shield them from any negative experiences. Now, I'm not a parenting coach, I'm an emotional well-being coach, but the reason I'm bringing helicopter parenting to the podcast this week is because I believe the reason parents show up as helicopter parents is due to certain emotions that they feel, like guilt and fear, right? That their child is not going to be able to handle the ramifications if the parent doesn't come and save them. Now, I don't see myself as a helicopter parent, and if anything, I do my best to stay aware of not falling into the trap of being a helicopter parent. In fact, ever since our first child was born, I really tried to be very conscious with teaching her and our subsequent children 
how to be as independent as possible. And that literally started when she was like a toddler. I remember providing her autonomy by offering choices so she could feel empowered with making her own choices. Even at a young age, when she would like need to ask something from an adult, like even the librarian, right? When we went to the library and she was looking for a book, I would encourage her to speak to the adult rather than being dependent on me. And this is something I continue to do today with all of my kids. In the heat of the moment, when they want me to save them, I usually respond by encouraging them to figure it out themselves. I know they don't like it, but I also know that they will appreciate it later on. At least that's been my experience by my older kids who now thank me for parenting them in that way. So while this story has to do with parenting, I really hope that you'll be able to find yourself in my story, even if it relates to other relationships that you may have in your life. Okay, so here's the story. So one day into this tournament, we found out that one of the kids on the baseball team was sick. He was throwing up. At first, the coaches weren't sure if it was food poisoning or if it was a virus. But the following day, they came to the conclusion that it was likely a virus because it wasn't only that one kid who became sick. A number of other kids on the team started throwing up as well. And apparently it wasn't just our team. It was the other teams who shared a building with our team, which was the kids from Switzerland and the Ukraine. And so what happened was the coaches asked the parents who came to Poland, which included me, to have our kids sleep with us in the motel room because they wanted to quarantine the sick kids. And so all of the parents who happened to have been staying at the same motel went to pick up our kids. And long story short, the healthy kids were sitting outside on picnic tables eating ice cream, and they had their bags ready to go. When I saw my son, he was carrying several things in his hands, and he handed me blue socks, which are the socks he wears with his uniform. He asked me to put them in my backpack that I was carrying. Why he asked me to put them in my backpack when he was carrying his backpack was beside me, but I was happy to help, of course. And so we get back to the motel, and the first thing he does is shower, and then he goes to sleep, and he leaves for the facility at like 7.30 the next morning because they had an early game. The game wasn't until 10 o'clock. So after my son left, I rolled out my yoga mat and I started to do some yoga before I went down to have breakfast. About a half an hour after I started to do some yoga, I noticed a text message come in from my son. And the message said that he needs his blue socks. And at first I was thinking to myself, what blue socks? But then I remembered that he handed them to me the night before and I put them in my bag. So I wrote, they're in my bag. And he wrote back, when's their earliest you can bring them? And I texted back, well, I'll be walking over to the field at 930. And I also told him that no one else, none of the other parents was planning to get to the field before that. And he texted back, okay. Okay. So I went back to do yoga. I kid you not, three minutes later, he texts me again. I need them now. <laughs> That's what he wrote. Now, when I saw that text, I thought to myself, you know what, maybe his coach is actually telling him that he needs it now and that I should figure out a way to get there. So I text back, who is telling you that you need your socks right now? Because I just wanted to be sure. And he wrote back, 
everybody already has them. Okay, so it wasn't the coaches, but he really wanted his blue socks, and I was a 15-minute walk from him, and I could have easily brought him the socks. And I was starting to feel a little guilty, right, by not bringing them to him because he needed them. And I stared at my phone for a good moment as I deliberated over what to do. Now, I realize this is not a life and death situation, but our life is made up of moments. And if we aren't being deliberate about the moments and choosing our actions, we can't live our life as intentionally as we may want to. And so I was feeling a little bit stuck. And so I walked myself through the unstuck method. I took a stop. And I really tuned into what I was feeling. And I told myself that I was stuck on feeling guilty. And then I thought for a moment why I was feeling guilty. And I realized it was because I believed that if I didn't bring my son his socks, he would hate me, or he'd think I'm a terrible parent, or he wouldn't talk to me for the rest of the day. But I couldn't know for sure that any of that was true. And so I considered that nothing is going to happen if he doesn't get his socks at this time. He may feel uncomfortable, but that's the worst thing that's going to happen in this moment. If he really needed the socks, the coaches would contact me. I also considered, I don't want to be at his beck and call. Like, okay, he forgot his socks. He'll survive until I bring them. And I also considered, I don't want to spoil him. And that he can really handle not getting his socks until before the game. Like I really thought about it and I really considered he can absolutely handle this. He may not like it, but he can handle it. And that handling this would actually be good for him. So after that, he wrote, I need them now. And I just responded, next time, put your socks in your own bag. That's what I call live and learn. We all go through this. And he didn't respond to that. And I didn't feel guilty. In fact, I was kind to myself because it wasn't easy to make that decision. And that was it. You know, I got to the field exactly when I told him I would and I handed him his socks. That was the end of the story. He handled it just like I knew he could. You know, The intentions of helicopter parents are often rooted in love and concern for their children's well-being, but their overbearing approach can really have negative consequences for their kids, and it can hinder a child's ability to develop resilience and cope with challenges on their own. And so when it comes to parenting or grandparenting, It really is about finding a balance between being supportive and involved in the child's life while also allowing them space to learn and grow and take on age-appropriate responsibilities and risks. And this really does allow children to develop independence and self-reliance and other essential life skills. And it's not necessarily easy because of the emotions that you may be feeling when you put up that boundary right? Like feeling guilty or afraid of how they may respond to you. But just because you're feeling stuck doesn't mean you need to stop believing in other people's ability to handle emotionally challenging situations just like you can. And so I want to invite you to think about where in your life 
Do you have a relationship where you find yourself, quote unquote, saving someone time and time again, because you think they may not be able to handle certain situations, or because you're afraid of what their response may be if you don't save them, and where you might be able to consider that they can actually handle much more than you give them credit for, and how by considering that, you're actually helping them grow, even if in the short term, they may not necessarily like your choices. I realize this may not always be easy to do, and it may even cause some temporary friction, but I definitely think it's also important to consider how you being stuck in fear or you being stuck in guilt about someone else is actually negatively impacting them. In other words, it's not necessarily what they feel that's negatively impacting them, but rather what you feel that has the potential to negatively impact them by your decisions. And that, my friends, is your responsibility. What you feel is always your responsibility, even if you think someone else is making you feel a certain way. No one can make you feel anything. Only you can do that. And the moment you blame someone else for how you feel, that's the moment you give your power away. And when you give your power away, you can't live your life deliberately. And living deliberately is what I'm all about and what I encourage your life to be about too. Okay, my dear friends, I would love to hear your thoughts about today's podcast. Please feel free to share a comment with me on the podcast page of my website. Thank you so much for choosing to be with me today, wishing you a wonderful rest of your week. And remember, you can handle anything. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend or family member who may not know much about podcasting. If they need help, please show them how to subscribe to the show and how they can leave a review. And if you aren't yet subscribed to my newsletter, make sure you do sign up by visiting my website, shiragura.com. I look forward to being with you again next week.